0: Lots to get to on this show. I love coming in on a Monday because we've got everything from the weekend. We've got some great ideas that we've been kind of thinking about. Everything from should BC maybe step away from the World Cup, that 2026 uh, event of the year that I have been a big proponent of. Like, full disclosure, I want the World Cup games in Vancouver. But a report coming out from Bob Mackin saying today in excess of a billion It's a B now. No more millions. A billion dollars is what it could cost um, all of us to have these Canadian dates here north of the border for this World Cup. That's a big dollar with a lot of things going on in the city, in this province. Can we justify bringing the world to Vancouver for a handful of soccer games or football games to those who call it by that? Should there be a maximum temperature that has to be set in rental homes? We're going to be talking with Jerry Mayer Judson. She's a show contributor. Um, We're going to talk about the fact that right now uh, we we know that we've got to keep this temperature at a, a place where people aren't getting affected. Seniors aren't getting affected. But can we get that done? So should there actually be legislation put in place where there should be a maximum temperature be set in all rental homes? And can that even be done? We'll talk about that before everything is said and done. But first, I'd like to get into the healthcare sector. The healthcare sector over the last couple of months has obviously been a focal point. A couple of months ago, we were talking about the nurses and trying to get something out of the minister, the province, and the government in general. And finally, Adrian Dix came to the forefront and uh, basically said, listen, we're going to fix this and we're going to focus on the nurse-patient ratio as well.
1: With respect to nursing workload standards, we will be implementing in British Columbia, and we will be the first in Canada to do so, Uh, nurse to patient ratios in our public healthcare system. This is the leading international practice in terms of retention of nurses and the delivery of quality healthcare. We will be implementing a standard minimum ratio model to reduce nursing workloads, increase staff safety, improve nurse retention, and improve access to safe quality nursing services and improve patient care. And we will be backing that up with significant financial support. Okay, so that's
0: coming from the health minister, Adrian Dix. And we're talking like ratios of one to one. And we're talking two to one. And even for just general care, five to one, which is a little bit of a stretch. You know, five patients for every one nurse. But even then, that's uh, what the commitment was. So this past weekend, and you know me, if I've ever filled in on any show, you know I just bear it all. There's no things to hide. I'm just going to come forward and tell you what it was. So anyways, this past weekend, I had to deal with some kidney stones. And boy, let me tell you something. This guy in his late 40s, few things hurt more than trying to pass a couple of those bad boys. But that was a situation that I was in, and I efforted my way to the hospital, and I got there. Now, I'm not going to get into the particulars of me But just as I was going through the process, there were a couple of things that I noticed because you never do, as I said to Jill, you never truly take off your news cap. It's just, it's what you do. And a few things that I noticed while I was waiting in the hallway in my bed, I didn't get a room and that's fine. I'm not one of those people that needs to be coddled while in a hospital, as long as I have some place to rest my head or just kind of, you know, get some reprieve, I'm fine with it. Send to the nurse as she was running around, just rampant. You constantly hear these beeps and dings and clings and all these things going on in a hospital because the nurses needed over there. And then over there, upstairs, downstairs, I mean, they were just constantly running around. And I said, you know, just out of curiosity, how many beds are you in charge of right now? She said 10. I said 10. I said, the ratio is, I said, I work in news. I said that, that, I don't think it's supposed to be that much. She goes, no, it's supposed to be like five, six. I said, well, why are you doing 10. And she goes, well, I'm doing 10 now. I was actually doing a few more a little bit earlier. I said, oh, she says, well, we're just so understaffed. And so I said, well, what does that look like? And and this is a real conversation in real time, and I'm not going to rat out the nurse by saying this. And I said, well, what does that mean? She goes, if one person calls in sick, it affects everything. And I said, you're that close to the margin where if one person calls in sick, the trickle-down effect affects everybody. And she said, yeah, and she walked me through it. And I said, boy, I sure hope that this Adrian Dix promise comes to fruition a little bit sooner because you could tell she was burnt out. But that was just the first of three things. Here's the one that jarred me the most. So I go in for this procedure am they, they've identified the fact that I've got some kidney stones They said, buddy, those are too big to pass We're going to have to give you some surgery I was so grateful that they were able to turn me That was a good news story It's the fact that I was able to get in and have the surgery pretty doggone quick They were so understaffed at this hospital That as I was waiting to go in for my surgery They have you in the holding room before they cart you down and into the OR My surgeon... And her crew were using the mops and the buckets to clean the OR, to flip the OR from the previous surgery before I went in for mine. It was as if I was at a restaurant watching a waiter and a busboy flip a table so that they could get through the early service and get into the evening service. But this isn't a restaurant. This is an operating room In a lower mainland hospital, as I'm waiting to get surgery, my surgeon was cleaning the floors of the OR because, say it with me, everybody, they were understaffed. It blew my mind. And then as I opened my eyes after the general anesthetic and I came to and I was, you know, just getting ready for my recovery about an hour and a half before they finally let me go, I said to my nurse, I said, you know, you're you're yawning. This is true. This is all real fact stories. I said, man, you look tired, which is not something you often say. She was in the midst of a 24 hour shift. 24. Why? Why? Because they were understaffed, somebody called in sick in that department as well, and she picked up the shift. So she was just going to rattle through it, get some overtime, and she was going to head home and eventually sleep when she could. She got a you know, couple of little naps here and there when things were a little down. But this is the state of what we're trying to fix right now when it comes to the healthcare system. I don't think I would have understood it unless I physically had seen it because you sit here in this high chair in the 21st floor of a building downtown and you read all the scripts and you do all the stuff you got to do. But when you're physically there and you're watching it with your own eyes, you realize how far we are from truly getting this to where it needs to be because I'm just one person. I zipped in, I zipped out, I was out in two days. But this is happening all throughout the Lower Mainland constantly because we are understaffed, because that commitment, quote-unquote, that looked good when they were in front of the podium talking about it, hasn't come to be. So what do we do to fix this? I've brought you the problem on the other side of the break. I would love to hear your solutions as I offer up mine as well. Let's talk, shall we? We're talking about the healthcare system and sharing a story of my challenges within a hospital this past weekend, and I wouldn't say there were challenges. I got treated and treated well, but man, there is so much pressure being put on these nurses right now and physicians and uh, support staff. And I just when I saw it with my own eyes, I was really, really taken aback because I was the guy on here a couple of weeks ago talking about the fact that Adrian Dick stepped forward with this big plan to fix some of it. Now I know it's not gonna get happened over uh it's not gonna get solved overnight, implemented immediately. But man, I didn't realize they were this far behind the eight ball. Let's go to the phones. Thank you for the full boards. Diane, we'll start with you. Diane, your thoughts on the system right now.
1: Yes. Well, my husband has been in a lower mainland hospital for a little over five weeks. And unless you're there to see what's happening, you do not know. He has been highly infectious. Huge wounds that had to be dressed every day. Took two nurses to dress these wounds. Sometimes there wasn't too available, so my daughter had to help. She is not being vaccinated. Would it not have been better to have a nurse who has not been vaccinated help out? These unvaccinated nurses and staff people should be back in the hospitals now. This is ridiculous. We're the only province in Canada who is not allowing unvaccinated medical people in the hospitals. Our whole family unvaccinated, we can be there. And if we hadn't been there, he probably would have starved to death.
0: Diana, thank you for the call. You know, this was a, it's always been a sensitive topic because the vax, the unvax, it used to be such a polarizing discussion. But I think you do have to have this conversation at this point. And it's not because all the other provinces are doing it and we aren't. It's because now we're looking at numbers and we're looking at hard facts. And Diane brings up a fair point here. All right. And I'm not going to go down one side of this or the other, but I will say that if your whole family can go into the hospital unvaxxed and the, you know, the the people around you are unvaxxed, but yet the doctor himself or herself has to be vaccinated, it is worth at least the conversation and the discussion. And again, I know that that's a super sensitive topic, but I'm open to that conversation if you want to have it on this show today. To Surrey we go. Anthony, thank you for your patience. Your thoughts.
1: Oh, First of all, thanks for taking my call. Uh, A quick thing, uh, I went through the kidney stone thing about 10 years ago, so knowing where you're coming from, good to hear things (laughs) things worked out for you. Um, In in short form, uh, the system's broken, period. And it's pretty obvious by no matter what uh, side everybody's saying that if you've gone through this, uh, the system's broken. And my answer is uh, a simple one. We need to vote in a new government. Uh, And I'm not saying, you know, I, I hate Quick government changes all the time. I don't think that's stability. But uh, the one that's been here for quite a while now isn't doing their job. And there's uh, multiple reasons for that. But, you know, my answer is, well, let's vote in a new government and see if they can do the job right.
0: Okay, Anthony, I appreciate it. Here's my thoughts on that, and you bring up a really good point. The problem that you face here is, A, you're understaffed, so now you got to go out and you got to find these nurses and doctors and support staff. You've got to be competitive with your wages. You've got to have a place for them to live. You've got to have them want to come to your hospital and help you as well. It's It's a buyer's market because, to be honest with you, BC isn't as, I guess you would say, desired as maybe it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. So the problem is, is this is not a nearsighted problem. This you could have projected because you've got an older populace. You've got, uh, I would even say, hospitals that can't even take on what's coming their way with all of the growing numbers when it comes to the population. And then on top of that, between the retirements, those who didn't want to get the vaccinations so they couldn't come back and practice, all of the other things, it's the perfect storm. But now that you're on the other side of that storm, quote unquote, You're so far behind that the nurses and physicians and support staff that are there, I just don't know how they can stay positive, how they can stay motivated, knowing how long it's going to take for the Calvary to come. That was what I got this weekend, is yes, they've heard the promises. Yes, they know what's been put out in press releases. But that Calvary isn't there to help them. It's on the other side of the mountains. It's months away, if not years away. And that, to me, was one of the jarring things that I found out this weekend. Mike in White Rock, good afternoon. Your thoughts on the healthcare and what can we do to fix it?
1: Well, the, the first caller kind of stole a bit of my thunder, but the bottom line is I think we would all agree our system is broken. You can have offline conversations with medical professionals, and they will all tell you if you are dying, we have one of the best health care systems in the world. If you need preventative maintenance, our system is, Sadly, badly broken. That being said, it's a very simple thing to start the process. This won't fix it, but it'll at least start it, like the first caller said, and I'll expand on it. Go to every one of the healthcare workers that you let go, not you personally, but the ones that we let go because they didn't have, quote, the jab. That's done. It's over with. Everybody's moved past it except BC. So let's do that. Let's go to every one of them. Let's get all their back wages that they've lost. Give it to them as a signing bonus and say, please come back. They will be back within 30 days. Now we're back to pre-pandemic levels of healthcare professionals.
0: Okay, Mike, thank you for the call. I'm going to try to squeeze in Robin from Vancouver. Robin, you're my final call to this segment. You've heard a little bit of everything. What would you bring to the table to try and fix our healthcare system? Good afternoon.
1: Well, I don't know what I could bring, but if the, of all these problems like health, welfare and children and family and all this. If, if all these problems were ha- happening under a free enterprise government, listen to the NDP scream their heads off about that. Yeah, that's fair. So th- we call that a mic drop
0: where I'm from, by the way. <laughs> Got in, had what he said, and, and he wanted a peace out. Um Again, I, I'll probably circle back on this in the four o'clock hour, if not for sure in the five o'clock hour. But here's the one thing that I want you to take away from this segment. It can be fixed. It can be fixed, but it's got to take more than just the obligatory podium every once in a couple of months from the government to step up and say, here's what we've got. Here's the vision. We need action. I think that's fair to say, right? Whether it's and it's not just healthcare. I mean, it's everything that we're talking about when it comes to our groceries, when it comes to where we live. I mean, B.C. right now, I can't remember the last time where everything has just felt this chaotic. Like, it makes for great radio, doesn't it? But the reality is, is when it comes to healthcare, this matters because healthcare affects everybody. And in order for us to have good, effective, efficient healthcare, you've got to have staff that are ready to rock. And I walked into a hotel, pardon me, I wish it was a hotel. I walked into a hospital this weekend where my surgeon cleaned the floors with a mop and broom herself before she did my procedure. Because they were that understaffed. Ain't that something?